Support for this podcast is provided by Cosmic, a Portland-based agency consisting of technologists, storytellers, and strategists who help nonprofits and B Corps quickly grow revenue and impact. Start growing your mission-driven organization with Cosmic at AmplifyPDX.com. Support for this podcast is also provided by the PDX Executive Assembly, a membership of leaders from Portland companies, led by executives from the Trailblazers, Adidas, Yakima, and more, the Assembly's curated cohorts of executives serve to accelerate leadership development and build a meaningful network of peers, free from press and sales solicitation. Join now at pdxexecutiveassembly.com. From that cast creative, I'm Dan Bruton, and this is the PDX Executive Podcast. A show where I talk with inspiring leaders who are shaping the future of Portland, Oregon. Every week, I sit down with business executives, startup founders, and community leaders to dive into their career journey and get insights into the impactful work they're doing in our slice of the great Pacific Northwest. Hey everyone, welcome back to the PDX Executive Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Bruton. And one thing I do love, uh, as you know, if you've been listening to my show, is talking to startup founders. But I'm a duck, so I love to you know connect with fellow ducks and people that are doing great things in Eugene. So I'm excited to have Israel Angelus, who's the founder of Fleet Nurse, on the podcast. Hey, Israel, thanks for joining. Hey, thanks, Dan. I appreciate you uh, inviting me on here. Yeah, you bet. So I you know read about your company, and I think I'm not sure what where I read about it if I remember, but I know you raised some funding recently, and I just thought the concept was so interesting and so beneficial, especially what's going on now in kind of healthcare. So I think it's a cool place to start. Just tell us about the company and kind of the origin story. I know that's a big, broad question, but yeah, no, I, I get, I get asked that question a lot. So, um, a little bit about my background is prior to starting fleet nurse, I was in the medical device industry selling spinal implants. How I came up with the idea was I was, it was kind of interesting. I was uh, out in Shreveport, Louisiana, having dinner with a spine surgeon out there and uh, supposed to meet him at seven o'clock. I get a text message from him about quarter full seven saying, hey, I'm running late. Uh, he shows up about eight, eight thirty, which isn't unusual. I mean, the uh, surgeons run late all the time and that wasn't a big deal to me. But what was interesting was uh, the reason why he was late. This was a Tuesday evening and this was pre-COVID. This was like January of 2018. And he was supposed to start his surgery at 7.30 that morning, but didn't get started until 9.30 because the nurse that was supposed to be running his surgical room called in sick. And this was apparently two days in a row, both Monday and Tuesday. Again, pre-COVID. Yeah. So the nurse was just sick. And he was just a little irritated because it pushed the schedule from 7.30 to 9.30, which pushed everything back two hours. So instead of finishing like around 6, 6.30, he ended up finishing around 8. To me, it wasn't a big deal, but for him, it was. And he goes, man, I wish there was like an Uber for nurses or something. And it was kind of like a light bulb that just went off the top of my head. So we finished dinner, and on my way home, I kind of got started thinking about this because I was uh, doing my executive MBA program at U University of Oregon up in Portland, and, and we were having a venture planning class, and I was trying to come up with an idea for this class. And so on my way home, I'm flying out and I'm thinking about Uber for nurses. Wow, that's a great idea. So I started researching and there really wasn't a company that was mainstream doing this yet, which was interesting because you'd think with healthcare and technology, that's, that there'd be something already there. And there really wasn't 
a main company doing this. There's a couple of companies already try, that were trying to do it. So mm. long story short is I vetted the idea in my venture planning class and, okay. and it was a great, it was a top idea. So I graduated June of 2018. I pulled the trigger on it, put together about a hundred grand of my own money to start development. And one of my uh, early advisors told me, Hey, you need to do this like right now. If you don't mm. do it now, you might as well not do it. So, uh, I, I told my development team that I contracted out, I said, we need to get this done by, by February. And so I can launch it by April, May. So, which is exactly what we did. Uh, I bootstrapped the whole thing. Uh, wow. and I, 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 uh, which I probably spent a lot more money than I probably should have at the beginning of a startup, okay. but I really wanted to get this project done and get it out in the market. Because of that reason is I didn't want to be the last one in. I, I didn't yeah. mind me not being the first one, but I didn't want to be the last one. So uh, we went to market May 2019. Okay. Uh, we had our first revenue check in August. And then obviously everyone, we, we had a slow growth. I mean, we were doing a couple of thousand dollars a month. And mm. uh, and we, we were doing a little bit here in Oregon. And we were doing a little bit in, uh, in Houston, Texas. Uh, and the reason for Houston is I needed a large population area. Uh, Houston is the fifth, sixth largest city in the United States. They have a huge medical community, huge medical presence. And so yeah. it just really made sense for me to, for me to really put the giant, the main beta there. But because obviously we're an Oregon company and I do know Oregon nurses and I have Oregon uh, connections in healthcare, I was able to uh, uh, start up a couple of facilities here in Eugene. Okay. But that's kind of where we started. Well, let me tell you, there's so much to, kind of double click or, you know, unpack as I uh, overuse words I say, but first of all, I love the idea of just like, I just want to get to market right to at that time. But you were not a software engineer and you were not a nurse, right? No, I'm not one of those. (laughs) But this, you're creating this marketplace. And I think the concept people get, like you said, but you know, from what I understand, uh, folks that create a marketplace to really get that product market fit is, it's quite a, a lot. I mean, so were you focusing first, and this is hopefully for founders out there might be thinking of starting a marketplace. Were you focusing on the demand side first or supply side? How did you approach that to get that product market fit? So when when we first started, we focused on building the uh, marketplace of the nurses. Okay. Uh, the reason, and the reason for that is the hospitals, when, once the hospitals, and we're still trying to do that, the hospitals and yeah. nursing facilities are easy easy to get based on our business model. Our mm-hmm. business model, there's no there's no subscription fee, there's no contract fee. It's pay as you go. Kind of like Uber. Okay. You're not you're not signing a subscription to Uber where you need you're paying like fifteen, twenty dollars a month just to get access to their just to get access to their drivers. Same business model. Uh, we contract out with healthcare facilities with very with actually zero commitment towards mm. towards using us, which is why it's easier for us to get these hospital facilities to sign up. So right. for us, it was one of those situations where let's make sure we have the, let's make sure we have the chicken before we get the egg type situation. Yeah, yeah. So 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 we started. Uh, I we, I actually started doing minor minor advertising. I mean, when I'm talking about minor, I'm talking about less than a hundred dollars a month. Okay. So I didn't have money to. I yeah, really yeah. didn't have marketing money to to do that. Uh, so I would just put out little little social media ads that I created myself. I okay. didn't have like a marketing director or anything like that that I created myself. So I started building up the name of Fleet Nurse in the Houston market and the Oregon market. And it really picked up in Houston. People started wondering, hey, what's this Fleet Nurse? Hmm. And then once we had an actual app, uh, I started using uh, Indeed, LinkedIn, Facebook, 
Instagram. So basically all the social media aspects. And then we were obviously using, and we still use Indeed, which okay. is our largest uh, uh, hiring platform. But a lot of it, I mean, the nurses just looked at that first. And then once we got the facilities, we were able to place the nurses with the facilities. Okay. Yeah. So, but, yeah. uh, I see, but it's kind of one of those, which came first chicken or the egg situation because For you sure. kind of still had to build up the accounts too. You can't just focus on the nurses because then we got to a point where we got more nurses than we have accounts. <laughs> yeah. And well, it's, that's, you know, the marketplace yeah. kind of dilemma yeah. a little bit, but I love how you yeah. approached it. And what was the reaction from nurses when you're, they, you know, you advertised for it and then you talked about this on-demand model Were they like, they loved it because of the flexibility I'm assuming, or was it kind of like, what is this? It's new or what was kind of their, yeah. So they, there's other companies that, uh, that have done this, but they're more local. Yeah. Uh, the fact, uh, and so the fact that the, the reason they like us the, the best is obviously our, our, our ease of use. Okay? Yeah. yeah. So the app, so the app that we we focus on te- again we focus on technology so everything that they need to do they can they can do it off their phone so mm-hmm. that's everything from their credentialing uh, because unlike an uber driver a nurse has to submit a bunch of documents like their their shot records licenses yeah. things like that so when uh, so in your in your traditional model a lot of that has to be like paper copies that you have to either email scan and submit to submit to these agencies we use the technology to where all they need to do is take their phone, take a picture of it. It doesn't even have to be a PDF. They just Love take that. a picture of that document and we're able to process that document. Wow. Okay. And so ease of use is, is the, is the uh, one thing. And then obviously because we're not having to do uh, a lot of us based on technology, we're able to take the cost of having to do a lot of the manual stuff and we're able to have a higher, higher, uh, higher, uh, compensation for them versus your traditional okay. agencies. So your traditional agencies usually take anywhere from, from 40 to 50% or only take about 40 to 50%. So they're getting half of what the hospitals are paying them. Ours is they're getting anywhere from 60 to 65% from us. So their re- their, their compensation is, is significantly higher than they would for your, from your traditional agency. Yeah. And Israel, well, first of all, I love the name. I mean, you crushed it with the name. (laughs) So, uh, and it gets to like a broader conversation. Like I read something a year ago, like the way worker, the economy is going to be in the future is kind of this model. Like if you're a knowledge worker, even like a nurse, you'll wake up, check your app for the jobs for the day and say, yes, no. And so you're kind of, you're leading this and uh, it's just fascinating. And I'm really curious to see where it goes. So I think the next thing would be to talk about kind of, the growth or what you plan for it. Uh, you have, I think maybe you did some seed funding. I don't know if you've done like a series a or what you can talk about, how much you raised or what you're going to, how you're going to put that money to work. Sure. So we did a seed. Uh, so between 2019 and, and, uh, uh, June of 2021, we did a seed route, a very long seed round. Uh, basically it was a lot of bootstrapping. Uh, but we did a couple of convertible notes, uh, between June, January of 2019 and June of 2021. And in June 2021, we started a Series A round for $10 million. Uh, we were able to close on that $10 million. can't disclose the, the whole terms of it, but uh, sure. it, it was a $10 million round. We were, we were, able, we were fortunate to get one, uh, one investor, uh, HCAP uh, Partners. They're out of San Diego. We closed on that uh, first week of April. And so we're, ru- we're really in the scaling mode. Um, uh, and ramping up mode. 
we're still doing our, our traditional business model of on demand. However, one of the big things that we're doing is uh, we're really updating and focusing on the original vision of Fleet Nurse. Uh, so the original vision of Fleet Nurse wasn't just to be a staffing company, but to be a community. However, because I didn't have the funding to really build out the app to how I wanted it to be, it was just really focused on building revenue. So our next phase, because we already have consistent revenue and we're continuing to grow. So we're taking the Series A and and really focusing on the nurses. And I think a lot of, uh, uh, the, as you can tell over COVID, nurses really are the backbone of the healthcare community. Yeah. And, and, and for generations, they've really been overlooked. And so one of the things that we're really focused on, focusing on and with Fleet Nurse is showing our appreciation for them. And I, I don't want to get into too much detail because obviously those are a lot of things yeah. that we're, we're yeah. developing. Uh, but uh, uh, over the next six to 12 months, you're really going to see a change of how, how Fleet Nurse treats the nurses and, and what we can, what, how we can show our appreciation towards them. So. Well, this is, I think it's number one, really uh, smart of you, obviously, to build a community around this because you see some other, you know, this type of business model with other industries that's just yeah. not there. It's transactional, right? So yeah. was that very intentional for like building a long-term brand essentially? Or, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, it really was. I mean, yeah. and, and the way I looked at it was anyone can build a tool. Yeah. Okay? I mean, anyone can build a hammer, anyone can, can make a saw, or anyone can build a, a tool. And, and right now, a lot of what you see in our competitors are just tools. I mean, not, not to be derogatory or anything, but, but it yeah. gets them from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. What's difficult is building that community to where, where the tool evolves over time, but the community stays. And that's what we're looking, that's what we're looking to build with mm. cleaners. We're looking to build that community to where it's not just something that, Hey, will allow them to make money, but allows allows them to communicate with other people in their in their community, and and in this situation, obviously the healthcare community. And is there a, a certain type of nursing you're focusing on? Or, and sorry, I don't know this. Uh, or is it kind of just broad, pretty broad, depending on? So the I, I use nurse as a broad term, um, mm-hmm. just because, like for example, CNAs aren't technically nurses. Yeah. However, they are providers in our system. Uh, this will be a broad community. Uh, yeah. we, we're not gonna we're not gonna uh, limit it to just registered nurses or limit it to CNAs or any. Yeah, you know, we're gonna make it in a broad community because all these independent, all these individuals and these different specialties all form one giant community in the healthcare system. Okay, mm-hmm. one can't function really without the other, and we we saw that over COVID. I mean, there was there, I mean, nurses were getting sick, CNAs were getting sick, doctors were getting sick everyone was getting sick. It wasn't just limited to either CNAs or doctors. So for, for us to like limit it to just register nurses or just limit, I, I think would be a disservice to the other, to the yeah. other uh, specialties. So this community is, is, is one community that, that can, can work together and, and see that. And because they're all working on this under the same mission, that's patient mm-hmm. care. They all want to mm-hmm. give patient care. And for us, we just want them, give them an outlet to have that community that they don't currently have. Yeah. And I met earlier in the conversation, you said you intentionally did not do a subscription, but I know you're thinking about it. Right. And I know like, no, we're actually not. Okay. So, and is that, why is that? So, so we are, we have revenue off of the, the hospitals providing service. So the, Mm -hmm. the fleet, the current fleet nurse business model is already building revenue. Okay. 
we're, we don't ever plan to do a subscription for the nurses to where they're going to sign, have to pay whatever fee a month or just to have sure. access to this service. Yeah. What, what what in reality is we're gonna we're gonna give them to give it to them at no cost to them, but there are gonna be obvious certain metrics that we're gonna be putting into it, and that's something that will 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 uh, will we'll show up later down the road. Yeah. But no, my intention was never to profit off of the, uh, to make the nurses pay for pay for these services, unlike what other other agencies and things like that have to do. Like right. we plan on having continuing education. Uh, we're having tax help because a lot of these nurses yeah. obviously are uh, for, uh, have businesses of their own. We, we're looking at blogs. Mental health is really big these days, so mm-hmm. we're, we're looking to have some uh, mental health uh, help uh, 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 in this community. So it's not just about making money for fleet nurse, but pr- providing help for these nurses. Yeah, no, I, and I, again, I use nurses a broad term. Yeah, no, I, and I yeah. love. Again, I didn't even, yeah. before we started talking, think yeah. about like building out that community and all the things you could offer. Uh, well, yeah. but what about from the other side of the model subscriptions for hospitals or, you know, th- those folks? And it doesn't so sound for, like, for, yeah. Yeah. So we don't, we, and again, that's something we looked at. We, we, we have another product that we're going to be launching as well. And uh, that one is a, is a SaaS product because one of the things that we do want to help with the hospitals is try to, Obviously, staffing, you, see, you probably seen several articles throughout the U.S. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they're all over the place right now. Staffing is a big issue that hospitals are facing. And so one of the, the size product we're creating will help uh, alleviate that, that staffing issue because they already had the resources. Okay, They're always going to need the external resources, but they had the internal resources to, to help alleviate that. And so what we're creating with, uh, with help with some, from some of our larger accounts is this software that will help alleviate that internal resource and make it more efficient for them to uh, utilize their internal resources rather than always going to an external resource. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to get back so, to I. I well, sure. I want to get back to talk about the MBA because okay, I, I got my MBA. I went to Portland State, yeah. and I think there's a lot of things in the news now about honestly, folks kind of downplaying the NBA. Like you don't need one. And sure. and I don't, I'm not saying everybody does, right? But right. I think there's still a lot of value in it. And your story of helping spur this idea, I'd love for you just to talk about if it was helpful or, you, you, you know, if that, because again, I think there's a lot of value in it. I know mm-hmm. it's not for everybody, but I don't think people sure. should totally rule it out. In my opinion, my executive MBA from U of O, uh, was the best two-year investment I have ever done as far as mm-hmm. education. I, I had a bachelor's degree with criminal justice, so I wasn't really a, I, I hadn't I didn't have that business background. Mm-hmm. However, the past 15, 16 years of my career, I've had management and business experience, so I kind of took that into the MBA. Except I wanted more of a theoretical and uh, uh, education as far as the business aspect of it, and getting that MBA and doing it through the executive MBA program to me was beneficial because I was able to learn from not only the instructors, but from my colleagues that I had in my cohorts that were in the program. Plus it was a great networking tool as well, because in the executive MBA program, two of my uh, board of directors were alumni. So, oh, okay. so uh, yeah. Uh, one of them, uh, is, his name is Alan Yorty. Uh, he was the past president of Peace Health which is obviously the large healthcare yeah. system in the Northwest. And uh, Sandy Bidet, who was a past uh, business development director for Intel. Hmm. So uh, if I didn't, if I didn't do that MBA program, 
I would have never been able to network with these with these individuals to help me build out fleet nurse. Yeah. So to me, that MBA program uh, is priceless. I mean, I, I spent I spend a lot of money uh, getting it, but at the yeah. same time, I the return on it has already has already been tenfold. Yeah, well, we'll clip that so you both can use yeah. it and they can send you a check uh, yeah. for saying that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, well, I, well, I want to do talk about just U of O and I, and Eugene. Yeah, sure. I went to undergrad at uh, at the, at Oregon, and you decided to run your company from Eugene, where you're at today. It's not usually uh, the the place for a lot of start. It's growing out of the startup scene right. there. So talk about that. What's the benefits of being Eugene? Some of the drawbacks maybe, but sure. uh, I talked to a, another life sciences company called Lazarus. I don't know if you heard of them. Mm-hmm. They're outside of Corvallis. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so yeah. You know, they intentionally to, to kind of wanted to be around the university too. So I think it's a great move, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on why you did it and why you stay in there. So I love Eugene. Okay. Uh, we can't, my wife is a doctor in town and that's the reason why we moved here in 2010, mm-hmm. uh, was because of her job. Uh, we ended up, uh, being a, really a part of this community. And so when, when I started the company, I thought about putting it in Portland, uh, just because obviously it's a bigger city, easier access to, but then I started looking at it. I was like, you know what? We have the university of Oregon's down there. There's a lot of re- there's a lot of resources down here that people don't know about, mm-hmm. uh, and so and obviously the cost of living is is a lot easier as far as Portland or even San Francisco, mm-hmm. and so I, I have a family, I have a wife, three kids, and and we're not from this area, but there's a lot of support in this area, and as I continue to grow the company, like for example, my VP of Sales and Marketing, she's a U of O grad, nice. okay, my uh, CFO John Lundquist, uh, he's a he's got his master of finance and MBA from U of O and he was working down here. And so all my, a lot of my staff are from U of O we've gotten, I think two or three or four interns over the past couple of years. They're from U of O and, and two of them I've given jobs to. So being in this community is, is, is even though it's kind of, kind of secluded from everywhere else, there are a lot of resources here and a lot of good talent, a lot of great talent coming out from the university. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's just, this we I wanted to make it a home for everyone, making it affordable for my staff. So uh, as long as I'm running the company, I mean we're always going to have a we're always have a Eugene office. That doesn't mean we, we're not going to be expanding because we are expanding yeah. as well because uh, we're opening up an office in Texas, uh, uh, okay. in Arlington, Texas. But the majority of the staff is still going to be here in, in in Eugene. So okay, and what can you talk about? What kind of folks you're looking for to hire? Like engineers sure. so, or yeah, yeah. So right now we're we're hiring engineers, and those can be remote. Obviously, if they're in Eugene or Arlington, would be great. But uh, we're that we're allowing uh, we're looking for developers and engineers because we are uh, we are have we're we are we're doing a lot of tech focused uh, projects right now. Obviously, Fleet Nurse 3.0 is coming out. Uh, we're working on uh, the SaaS product. So there's a lot of development that we're working on right now. So we're actively we're actively recruiting for developers. Uh, we're also looking for sales and marketing, uh, both in Eugene and Arlington, because those are in office, uh, those are in office positions, uh, with a little bit of hybrid. And then part of our, part of our, uh, offering for the nurses and the facilities is, is a credentialing. So we, we have a lot, we're, we're in desperate need of data processors. So we're, mm. uh, cause we get, we literally get thousands of data every day from these nurses. And until we get our software really up and going, we're, we're a lot of that is manual data processing that we're, we're, we're working with right now. 
but okay. it's one of those things where we continue to grow, but as our technology, we're going to keep these people because there's always going to be the need. We're always yeah. going to need that data processing. So yeah. we call them credentialing specialists, but the, uh, they're the primary responsibility is a lot of data processing. I mean, that's a great opportunity for someone yeah, maybe earlier yeah. in their career and yeah. get into a high growth startup like yourself. So one of the last things I want to talk about Israel is, you know, as a founder or someone running the business right now, we're, I, I feel like, and you know better than I do, I, you know, when you look at the economy, things are shifting a little bit, especially evaluations yeah. of startups, uh, fundraising. That is, I'm not saying the party's over, but it's uh, maybe getting a little quieter. So what's your thoughts on, you know, you raise this money, just running a business, maybe being a little conservative, but also needing to, you know, grow and um what's some of the advice been from your board or your your, you know the folks that invested in you and just your personal insights on it sure so and when i when i started a company a lot of people kept saying like oh you're gonna spend this money spend this money well you have and and i kind of learned this from like uber and weworks and and a lot of these other big tech companies where they they weren't showing profitability okay Mm -hmm. So one of the things, one of the advice I've given a couple of founders is find a way to not necessarily become profitable, but at least come to come as close to cash flow neutral as possible, regardless of how much money you have. Obviously, when you when you scale, you're going to have to start breaking some eggs and and mm-hmm. and start spending. And 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 it's kind of funny because I was talking to one of my board of directors. We were cash flow positive prior to uh uh closing on the series a and now we're cash flow negative mm-hmm. again because of the amount of spending we're doing sure. that's that's just normal that's just mm-hmm. normal but you have to have a plan uh regardless of who invests in you on and on trying to at least get to cash flow neutrality but at the same time get having that growth so for a startup uh and founders who are who are looking to start this look at your business plan okay and and unless you have like the magic pill that's going to just revolutionize whatever industry you're going to get into. Know that there's two or three other people doing, trying to do the same thing, trying to figure out the better way to cook that egg. So, uh, but have a have a plan, have and trying to stick to it. Uh, that's the that's mm-hmm. the really biggest thing. And then don't give up. I mean, there's times where, and I know that's kind of cliche. Every every founder says <laughs> probably says that don't give up, just keep going. Uh, but there are times where it, it is hard to keep going, and uh, it it it's just one of those things that you got to really persevere through these obstacles. And there were, I mean, literally there were every week where we were, we were literally doubling our revenue every wow. month for like 12 months straight. And mm. that means, that means we were, we were, we weren't bringing in as much as we were spending, but our revenue kept go, growing every, yeah. like literally doubling every month. And, the stress on that with not having that solid, solid investors. And a lot of that was bootstrapping. we just, I just kept on going and I, and, and I reassured my staff saying, Hey, you know, you guys will get paid. The nurses will get paid. I'll figure it out. And knock on wood, I was able to figure it out literally every week. <laughs> yeah, well, it was like every week is like trying to figure it out. Yeah, that's great advice so, for, I think founders yeah. right now. And what, yeah. what's something you do just as, it's a high stress, I'm sure, uh, you know, job sometimes yeah. just to kind of take care of yourself and kind of disconnect a little bit. Uh, do you? So, <laughs> Are you able yeah, to? I, well, I, I try to, uh, uh, I, I hire a personal trainer, so I do work out, uh, at least mm-hmm. twice a week when I can, uh, uh, at least twice a week, but there, I was working out a lot more when, when things were closed. 
um, mm. because obviously a lot I, I I do I'm a sales and marketing guy, so I do a mm. lot of traveling. Uh, I'm one of the sales guys that kind of really helps build the, build the accounts. But the the hardest part is just like you said, finding time for yourself, whatever that may be. Uh, I like to go work out and lift. I mean, I'm mm. uh, uh, I like to go lift, so uh, I'm not able to do that as often as I I used to. Uh, mm-hmm. just because things have gotten really busy, but, uh, and having three kids, I enjoy, I enjoy spending time with my three kids. That's the other thing yeah. too. So, uh, whether that's just like going watching those sports, do their sports or making them breakfast in the morning or something like that. Yeah. But that's, that's something that kind of keeps my mind off the other things, but whatever it is, at least try to find a couple hours a week to do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, believe me, I have a hard time following that uh, my own advice. <laughs> yeah. Things are so busy. So. We all, we all do as well. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, thanks so much for sharing time, you, you know, with me today. And where can folks find out more about Fleet Nurse? And if they want to connect with you, maybe uh, where you sure, where sure. You be yeah, I'm on I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I think it's um, Israel Angelus. You can just I think I'm there's not many very there's not many Israel Angeluses on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I've looked uh, so they can <laughs> find me on LinkedIn, and okay. I usually accept whatever people connect with me. And they can also check us out on FleetNurse.com. Uh, we have our web portal out there. Uh, we also have Instagram, Facebook. Uh, uh, at least the Fleet Nurse ones have Instagram and Facebook, and I, I believe LinkedIn as well. So yeah. I'm not sure on Twitter. Uh, I, I don't. I'm not a big. Again, I'm not a. I'm not a big social media guy as far as doing like Instagramming things like that. But I know uh, our director of marketing. Uh, she's. Uh, she. Those are always being updated and things like that. Yeah. They're pretty good at responding to the uh, uh, things on those on those sites. So, the, well, that's great, Israel. Well, I'm looking forward to just following along as yeah. as you grow, and I think it's an yeah. amazing uh, concept and company. And go Ducks! So, go hey, Ducks! Cool. Hey, Dan, I appreciate <laughs> your time again. Thank you very much. I greatly appreciate you uh, reaching out, and I appreciate you putting me on the show. The PDX Executive Podcast is a production of That Cast, a Portland, Oregon podcast agency that partners with brands to create custom podcasts. You can learn more at thatcast.com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well.